Ah, hello everybody. Today, a conversation will be held amongst two great guests, Aspen Institute CEO Dan Porterfield and CNAY Executive Director Nikki Petrie. Last week, we had an amazing conversation surrounding CNAY, and today we'd like to shift that focus to CNAY and our relationship with the Aspen Institute. Join us as we talk about leadership, the importance of community, and what it means to be a good relative. Let's get started. Yeah, thank you, Kyra. Uh, hey, Nikki, what a pleasure to be here with the two of you and to be on this podcast. Um, and uh, and I'm Dan Porterfield. Everybody calls me Dan. Uh, and um, I am the CEO of the Aspen Institute, which means that I am responsible for supporting and helping all of the different leaders like Nikki who are responsible for leading programs that are trying to create a more just and equitable world. And they do that in lots of ways. There are many programs with the Institute and many strategies we deploy on all sorts of issues and in all sorts of communities. And uh, a program of incredible importance at the Aspen Institute is the Center for Native American Youth, which Nikki leads. And which besides making a difference uh, with young people and in communities all around the country, also makes a big influence in the Aspen Institute in helping the Institute both be much more aware of the talents and needs and opportunities for Native youth and Native communities. And also Nikki utilizes ways of working in partnership with students, young people, communities in order to create collaboration that leads to shared value. And so a lot of our programs are learning from Nikki's methods in addition to the actual substance of what CNA focuses on. Wow, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And that leads us into Nikki. Um, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about the relationship between CNAY and the Aspen Institute? Thank you, Kyra. Um, um, hi, relatives. My name is Nikki Petrie. As Dan had said, I'm um, the executive director at the Aspen Institute's uh, Center for Native American Youth. I got a notification on my LinkedIn that yesterday I celebrated four years at the Aspen Institute to be in community with amazing thought partners, leaders, mentors, and friends like Dan. And I think that when I when I think about the future for Native youth and the future of our program and how complementary it is, you know, for us to be in a place such as Aspen to work with like-minded individuals, good relatives, and folks who are really committed to the advancement of our work. And, you know, just really excited to be here and really grateful to Dan for his time today. Dan, so Nikki talked about uh, CNAY and the Aspen Institute, and I just wanted to ask you um, if you can tell us some of CNAY's strengths and how they're an asset to the Aspen Institute. Uh, uh, thank you, Kyra. The Center for Native American Youth is, a, um, is an asset to the Aspen Institute in so many ways. The first is that led by Nikki, our staff is working in community around the country with young people to uh, together frame issues that need to be addressed and then to develop practical, collaborative, inclusive strategies to addressing them. And that those can be um, some, some of the really interesting and very important issues could be how to promote and develop agency in, uh, in Native youth, how to help Native youth understand the intersectionality of identity and the multiple identities that, 
that we all have and that they as young people have, how to uh, provide opportunity for youth to feel they're developing their voices and can be heard. Uh, it can have an impact on the world with, with, their, with their ideas that they give expression to. Um, one of the, another thing that the Center for Native American Youth does extremely well is it helps to look kind of comprehensively at the issues that are affecting young people in native communities, um, which could include mental wellness or the uh, inequity in educational opportunity or how to promote uh, uh, in investment in young people being able to, to develop their talents and feel they're thriving. You know, so CNA helps us understand the issues that cut across many communities while also working for in practical ways with youth to create solutions on the issues in their community. Those are, those are just some of the ways, but I, I wanna ask Nikki, if there's anything you'd like to add to what I've done since you're the one that's actually the real leader creating all these incredible relationships and making so much impact in community. You know, I think that CNAY, some of our, our greatest strengths come in prioritizing the voices and needs of young people. And I think the amount of respect um, that our colleagues have and the desire for colleagues and the Aspen Institute to create this more just and equitable society, they know that that includes the voices of Native youth. And so I think that one of our strengths is the community that we have, the people that we represent, our resiliency and our strength in our culture um, is very complementary to the Institute. Yeah, so that, that's exactly right. Um, so maybe I'll just say a couple more things about what, what Nikki does and the program does. Um, that makes a difference for every program. Um, so one, the Center for Native American Youth has helped all of our programs, has helped me personally, to understand the legacy of oppression and erasure that Native communities everywhere, I mean, in the world, as well as everywhere in the United States, have experienced. And um, we have come to understand far better because of Nikki's leadership and her team that um, we both must acknowledge and address that historical fact. Um, that, so that's incredibly important. A second thing that's incredibly important is that the methodology that Nikki utilizes has influenced how I think about engaging young people. And I've been working with kids my whole life. Um, but that philosophy of co-creation, of allowing young people to have the agency to frame the problems they wanna work on in society and to give great weight to the ability of, the, of young people on a steering committee or in a work group to be able to say, here's where we wanna go next. And that idea of co-creation, that we who are older work in partnership with those who are younger, to support their dreams, hear their voices, and make the changes that can allow their lives to be lived to the fullest, that our, relation, our relationship is so important. It's one of sharing responsibility, co-creating. That comes right from the philosophies of Center for Native American Youth. And I think when you connect these two points I made, that the history of the uh, experience of indigenous peoples, when they have had colonized others come in has been one that has taken away agency. And so 
youth programming and all programming that seeks to promote agency is really critical. We don't want to replicate the power dynamics that have led to A, inequity, tragedy, injustice, um, and also a feeling of continued historical trauma. And so that's the third thing I've learned a lot from Nikki's work um, is that we have to train ourselves to listen to the experiences of people so that they can express how traumatic experiences and power imbalances from earlier eras can continue to play out in contemporary eras. And when we adopt that perspective of listening respectfully and trying to learn about experiences we haven't ourselves had, we develop more empathy for one another and we actually understand our own lives better. We understand other communities better. Um, if you, if you are a person who, like me, grew up white in the United States, you have to, you grow as a person, you become a, a, a more full person if you understand how the experience of indigenous communities, of uh, the, the experience of people whose ancestors were enslaved, or the experiences of people whose ancestors uh, essentially were trafficked to the United States in one way or another, or experienced immigration in a way that um, was, in, was unjust, you understand that those stories of ancestors continue to live on in some ways today, and that we can grow as humans by doing the work to understand it better. And so I really am very grateful to what Cine does, um, because it it really is about what all of us do as citizens. It helps us all to become more connected, respectful, aware citizens, and to be able to work and live in more constructive and just relationships. It reminds me of one of our pillars of work is being a good relative, working with like-minded organizations and individuals um, who are really committed to the advancement of the work. And I want to commend you, Dan, on just reminding us of the importance in respect and learning and through your leadership, the agency that you've created for us as a program to, to be able to share you know, the implications of intergenerational trauma, the histories of indigenous people, and not letting it, the learning end after the discussion, but really making the commitment to do better. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths of Aspen is continuing to work um, and create change um, after having dialogues like that we've been having together. So thank you. Yeah, that's, thank you, Nikki. That's, uh, that's I would definitely say that about you. And, and we also are, uh, we're able to have fun together, you know, because we want to make a difference in the world and we want to learn and grow as people, those two things. And, you know, so who do you, who do you spend your time with? Who do you collaborate with and what can you do together? Um, that's one thing that's wonderful about the Asp Institute is it's kind of like a continuous discovery of how we can partner to learn and grow and serve and make a difference. Um, and everybody wants to work with Nikki, everybody, everybody in the whole organization uh, feels that that they can they will be growing into the professional and the citizen they want to be in partnership with leaders like Nikki who have so much to offer anybody that you work with. Um, and uh, 
maybe Nikki, let me let me sort of throw it to you because you're 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 leading this enormously influential youth serving and community serving organization, and you're part of this uh, this big thing, this global organization that has so many different programs and so many different ways of working. And you know, how do you how do how does it help the mission of Cine to be part of something a nonprofit that's you know got so many uh, ways of working and priorities and programs? Yeah, um, thank you. I I was reflecting on how Aspen really strengthens the Center for Native American Youth and it helps us advance our mission. And I think about my colleagues and how they support our the Center for Native American Youth through so many avenues. Um, an example is our, our participation in the initiative that you had created, Dan, Rising Generations, and ensuring that Native youth had a space in talking about best practices and ways that the Institute can develop um, policies or initiatives in engaging with young people. Um, another example is the intentionality and inclusivity that so many policy programs and other programs have, um, you know, whether they want to be sure that they're inclusive, that they're using the correct language. Um, and it really makes us feel good. It makes us feel like we belong. And I'll also quickly share that, um, you know, we've, we've hosted some sessions where we invite all of our colleagues to come in. And with that, programs make a commitment to increase visibility. As you had mentioned earlier, Dan, one of, one of the implications for Indigenous people is erasure. And so I'm really proud, and I think an asset of the Institute and a strength of the Institute is how we are collectively working together to ensure that we are raising the voices and profiles of those who have historically been marginalized, including yeah. Native people. And um, so I'm just really proud of that. And I'm, I'm really proud of my colleagues and the intention that we all want to advance together. And um, I'm kind of thinking of this Indigenous methodology uh, or us all being in a canoe together and that we're all paddling together for this greater mission, this greater equitable and just society. And we all need each other to paddle um, to get to where we need to go. That's such a beautiful metaphor. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was thinking about the the some of the ways that as you were talking, Nikki, that you've influenced others who have programs they run. And it, it's sometimes it's kind of indirect, you know, like when you have a good friend, you admire your friend, and then you start to do things like your friend because you like the, the way your friend does things. Um, so one of our programs awards a literary prize to the novel that makes, um, you know, really substantial social commentary and literary quality in the same work. And a couple of years ago, the novel um, uh, uh, There, There by Tommy Orange was one of the finalists. And then this year, the winner was the novel by, by Louise Erdrich called The Night Watchman. And mm -hmm. um, so the group that you know figures out what novels should be considered and comes up with the, the long list, the short list, the finalists, and reads all these books, they're trying to read with wider and wider understanding and, and empathy and inclusion. And they get that, in part, they get that because they're exposed to the work that Cine does. Or we're doing a lot of work on, climate, on the climate crisis. And um, there's so much that our world can today can learn from how indigenous communities understand a harmonious and loving relationship with the land and the environment. 
If, if we could have sustained that as a world from an earlier era, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now. There's mm -hmm. so much to learn, so much to, in, to, for, for wisdom and inspiration and also to affect our choices. Um, and so that's another way I think where the work that you're doing, Nikki, and the youth and the communities you're working with really have something major to offer that may be one of the most important things we can do to address this climate crisis, which is to develop a more loving and functional relationship with the environment. Um, as, I, as, you, as you hear me say that, um, what, what are some, is there, are there ways that you think as you've thought about the neglect of the environment and the, you know, the, the disrespect of the environment or the, the extraction that comes with the, that civilizations have done some with the environment? Do you think that, that there are values and um, spirituality within the native traditions that could, uh, could make a difference today? Oh, absolutely. You know, we have an initiative that addresses um, environmental justice that we'll be launching soon called Chante Tinza, which means Braveheart in Lakota. And we called it the Braveheart Fellowship because we know that this work um, requires brave hearts. And so we are going to have Native youth really lean into um, traditional forms of solutions when it comes to the environment, prioritizing culture, intergenerational learning spaces. But a big part of the fellowship is also going to rely on coalition building working with scientists, conservation organizations, and more in their universities and more. We're so excited. So having this space that's very complementary of indigenous ways of knowing and prioritizing the solutions. And as we reflect recently on, on you know, the past several years, we have seen young people leading movements. You know, we've seen them lead in protests. We've seen them lead in voter registration. We've seen them, you know, cry out and demand racial justice. And so we're also seeing this space where young people are really leading in solutions for environmental justice. And so we're so proud and excited to create this very intentional program that prioritizes the voices of Native youth when it comes to, you know, the climate crisis and restoring environmental justice. I really like the way that the Center for Native American Youth understands that voices can be used in in many ways and that that young people can express themselves and have a voice through the activities that they are passionate about which mm -hmm. could be playwriting in one case and could be community organizing in another and could be social policy analysis or research in other ways that having a voice is about using your gifts and your talents in ways that are meaningful to you um, and that we speak with our actions and we speak with our authenticity when we find the way that's the ways that we enjoy the most and i say that because i noticed that the young people in center for native american youth always seem to be having a good time doesn't mean they're always happy but they're always have they're always fulfilled because they're you're helping cultivate the talents that they have to use the way they would like, which is a leads to a form of flourishing, uh, even when sometimes we're unhappy because the issues we're addressing are issues that we should be unhappy about. 
I was going to say, I think that's why I, I enjoy, you know, just so much collaboration with our colleagues. And that I think that's really the definition of being a good relative, being an ally. And I know that one of the questions that we had wanted to ask you, Dan, um, you know, you are always in community with us and you stand with us. Um, you, you strengthen us when we need the strength and you celebrate uh, with us when times are good. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the importance in being in community um, with indigenous people and maybe some advice to non-indigenous people who may be listening about the importance in being a good relative. The beauty of being in community is that when we are authentically present to one another's experiences, we can help one another grow as a human being and become ever closer to the person that we're called to be. Um, Martin Luther King's one of his one of his great speeches. He said, "I can never be who I am supposed to be unless you were never unless you were able to become who you were supposed to be." And you cannot be who you were supposed to be if I'm not who I am supposed to be. I think that's so true of, of our relationships to one another. That's one, one thing. Secondly, in community, we learn about the dynamic of sameness and difference. Because in some ways, in any community of any size, a family, a city, you name it, there's difference and there's also similarity. Sometimes we're very present to the difference because it lets us recognize something authentic and beautiful and important in the other person. Sometimes it's the sameness we feel, the sameness we feel pulled together. We think, I'm not alone, I'm with others. And I sometimes feel that feeling of sameness when I am with you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 year old native youth who've been brought together through CNA and other times I feel that feeling of difference as I realize the rich cultural lives those students have lived that they can share with me. And both those feelings, sameness and difference, make us more alive to human beauty and human promise. And so I think that's part of being a good neighbor and it's part of being uh, a growing human being. Um, and of course, within native communities, there's tremendous diversity there's sameness and there's difference. And so we, I love the idea that your work is allowing young people from many different indigenous backgrounds also to be living that dynamic of sameness and difference together. How are we like each other? How am I you know, only like myself? Something I've really taken inspiration from is seeing some of the work of the Center for Native American Youth to connect indigenous youth with younger people who do not have an indigenous background. I think that the bridge building and community building, uh, the circle created that expands is very beautiful and meaningful to me. And of course, so many in the indigenous community have within themselves multiple identities and multiple traditions. And so that offering people the chance to see within their own communities, within their own families or two parents, how are they the same? How are they different? How am I the product of both is I think, um, a beautiful part of uh, helping humans flourish. Um, so if I were to try to wrap all that up, I guess I would just say that, um, that the chance to be a, a partner to your work, Nikki, and to, the, and to be exposed to the lives and hopes and dreams and cares and needs and disappointments 
and injustices that together make up uh, our diverse and inclusive Native communities has given me an opportunity to become more closer to the person I want to be, more fully aware of others, more appreciative of life. And um, to me, that idea that you expressed of being a good neighbor is an ideal that your program invites everyone to try to live into. And I want to thank you for that. It's been a joy having you both on this podcast today. And I would just like to wrap it up by asking you one final question. Um, can you share maybe your favorite moments or memories with CNAY? So I think that um, I've had a, a really a couple really great ones. And one was my, my first memory of the Aspen Institute because my first day on the job, when I was dressed up in a suit that was on too tight and a necktie that was on too tight, I was a little bit nervous about meeting all these new people. You know, I was walking into a community of about 500 professionals. I only knew about three of them. Um, and the first day I walk in and there's a group of students from New Mexico uh, that CNA had brought to Washington, D.C. for a leadership development experience. And so I had, I had just left 20 years working in higher education and the, seeing those students who were high school students uh, really inspired me. It was like a symbol. Okay, the ASP Institute, this is going to be a way that I can support many more communities than I could support as a college president. And I'm going to be able to stay very close to this idea that young people are uh, the future of the world. Um, so that was a big, a big exciting memory. I, th I do think about it often. Then in different times, I've had the experience of talking with individual students in CNA, in CNA work. Um, a, a, a young playwright who's now at Yale University, a young artist, whose work now adorns uh, the walls of our major uh, convening space in Washington, DC, uh, a young um, uh, community and tribal leader who became more active politically because of his work in Cine. So those individual stories are each of them very memorable to me and um, both about the power of the Cine program, the moral importance of it, and also about the goodness and joy at the heart of all young people. I'm smiling as you share those memories because I remember it was your first day and when we were bringing those kids up the stairs, we were getting shushed and then you and Christian started following us up the stairs and I was like, oh no, we're really in trouble. <laughs> so I took the kids quickly up to the roof as if we could avoid you, but then um, you really cared and you, I mean, you left a stage of your colleagues because you knew that these young people, you wanted them to have a meaningful experience. And you took the time to, and you asked them, what are their hopes for the future? Is this their first time in DC? What do they think of, you know, this new place? How is it similar than home? And what are they learning that they get to take back with them? And it really enhanced their um, experience and their time with us because you really showed them that you cared and you did that on your first day, you've done that in um, times that you've talked to Native youth, and you're doing that today with us, you know, even recording this podcast, Dan, um, and just thank you so much for, for always being available and willing to be a thought partner and for your intentionality. Um, it's, it just means so much, and I think it's really helping us support and become this amazing program that I know that we were meant to be. Um, by having support and um, being, having a good relative such as yourself.
Well, thank you, Nikki. I hope that anybody listening to uh, Kyra's podcast, and this is number two, so Nikki and I are pretty honored to be here. Uh, I hope anybody listening is curious about what is it that uh, Nikki Petrie, her staff, the young people that are part of the Center for Native American Youth are doing to uh, help young people tap the greatness that is inside of them, that is in indigenous communities heritage and in its present and be able to cultivate and develop those assets. Because if you can, if you get, if you're curious about what Nikki is doing, I really feel that by following your curiosity a little bit, learning more about it will inspire you to support her program or to be a good neighbor and support a program that's like her program. And that that uh, accumulating power of people striving to include anybody who's been historically disenfranchised and excluded will almost create like a, a growing plant whose power is that it then creates more plants and creates a forest. Um, and when you, when you see what the Center for Native American Youth is actually doing and the values that motivate it, it really is an invitation to give back more and connect more in a spirit of harmony, good neighborship and, and respect. And I think that's what the world needs the most. Um, so uh, I hope to keep being a good neighbor by learning more. But in the meantime, I also need to be a good supporter of you, Nikki, and your program. So make sure you assign me the job of, uh, of helping any way I can. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, you know, I think that as we're looking ahead at the, you know, the work, just, you know, that we're going to together, we're going to commit to creating that agency that Dan had talked about earlier for Native youth, um, listening to the needs and then designing and creating solutions um, being in dialogue and ensuring that, you know, we have all the voices we need at the table to ensure to make the change that we desire to see. And, you know, I'm just so optimistic about the amazing work ahead. And I know that it's going to take all of us and, you know, just really grateful for, for the opportunity to work together and work in relation and partnership um, with my colleagues at the Institute under your leadership, Dan. I'll, I'll take a word on the, since Nikki said leadership. Um, I think our model is a network and it's collaborative and all of our programs are helping each other, learning together, having, you know, sameness and difference in how they approach challenges and work together. And that the, the greatest organizations are built on a model of collaboration and partnership more than like a top-down model of, okay, so that, you know, you've got a, a director who then tells people what to do. That's, or waits or delegates work and waits for them to do it or something. And Nikki's the epitome of this, a participatory leader, activating others to create together um, a, a force that's for good. Uh, I, I hope that's how I can work in the role I'm in in the organization. And I think that's what leadership is about today. It's about joining together, not about assigning others work or something. Yeah, no, just just really proud and excited that, you know, this podcast was designed and created by a Native youth, Kyra, and that, you know, as she had discussed earlier with privilege, such as creating a uh, podcast comes 
um, responsibility to create agency opportunities for you know Native youth to be able to share uh, what they would like to do on a platform such as this. And you know, I think that that really supports the mission of the Aspen Institute and CNA and really grateful that we can support a young person like Kyra, um, you know, through this. I, I really appreciate this chance I've, uh, to be together. It's got me, it got me really inspired for the next couple of meetings I have, which are like kind of everyday topics. They're not inspiring topics, but you have to have, you have to like eat your vegetables in order to have dessert. So if we do some good work organizing the Institute, making sure we can pay our bills, then we can have plenty of dessert later. Uh, and so I'm gonna get back to work, work even harder to make sure that the organization's in a good place. Uh, good words. Thank you both for joining the podcast today. And to all those listening, we appreciate you and hope you tune into next week's episode. Lim Lim. Hey.